Today on Commuter Bible, a young baby who was born to be king is whisked away to evade an evil monarch, kept safely away until he is revealed as king. Does that sound familiar? Well, it's not Jesus, it's King Joash. It's 2 Kings chapters 11 through 13 and Psalm 102. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Today, we'll hear the account of King Joash, the infant heir to the throne who was rescued from a royal slaughter and raised in the temple of God. With guidance from Jehoiada the priest, Joash is inaugurated as a child king over Israel, and he begins the work of repairing the temple. Hazael has become the king of Aram, just as Elisha had prophesied, and the army of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, is almost completely wiped out by Hazael's army. Jehoahaz's son, Jehoash, visits Elisha before he dies of illness, where Elisha has a final prophecy for Israel's king. 2 Kings, chapters 11 through 13. When Athaliah, Ahaziah's mother, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to annihilate all the royal heirs. Jehosheba, who was King Jehoram's daughter and Ahaziah's sister, secretly rescued Joash, son of Ahaziah, from among the king's sons who were being killed, and put him and the one who nursed him in a bedroom. So he was hidden from Athaliah and was not killed. Joash was in hiding with her in the Lord's temple six years, while Athaliah reigned over the land. In the seventh year, Jehoiada sent for the commanders of hundreds, the Karites and the guards. He had them come to him in the Lord's temple, where he made a covenant with them and put them under oath. He showed them the king's son and commanded them, This is what you are to do. A third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath are to provide protection for the king's palace. A third are to be at the foundation gate, and a third at the gate behind the guards. You are to take turns, providing protection for the palace. Your two divisions that go off duty on the Sabbath are to provide the king protection at the Lord's temple. Completely surround the king with weapons in hand. Anyone who approaches the ranks is to be put to death. Be with the king in all his daily tasks. So the commanders of hundreds did everything the priest Jehoiada commanded. They each brought their men, those coming on duty on the Sabbath and those going off duty, and came to the priest Jehoiada. The priest gave to the commanders of hundreds King David's spears and shields that were in the Lord's temple. Then the guards stood with their weapons in hand surrounding the king, from the right side of the temple to the left side, by the altar and by the temple. Jehoiada brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, gave him the testimony, and made him king. They anointed him and clapped their hands and cried, Long live the king! When Athaliah heard the noise from the guard and the crowd, she went out to the people at the Lord's temple 
She looked, and there was the king, standing by the pillar according to the custom. The commanders and the trumpeters were by the king, and all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Athalia tore her clothes and screamed, Treason! Treason! Then the priest Jehoiada ordered the commanders of hundreds in charge of the army, Take her out between the ranks and put to death by the sword anyone who follows her. For the priest had said, She is not to be put to death in the Lord's temple. So they arrested her, and she went through the horse entrance to the king's palace, where she was put to death. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord, the king, and the people, that they would be the Lord's people, and another covenant between the king and the people. So all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They smashed its altars and images to pieces, and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, at the altars. Then Jehoiada the priest appointed guards for the Lord's temple. He took the commanders of hundreds, the Karites, the guards, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king from the Lord's temple. They entered the king's palace by way of the guards' gate. Then Joash sat on the throne of the kings. All the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, for they had put Athalia to death by the sword in the king's palace. Joash was seven years old when he became king. In the seventh year of Jehu, Joash became king, and he reigned forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibiah. She was from Beersheba. Throughout the time the priest Jehoiada instructed him, Joash did what was right in the Lord's sight. Yet the high places were not taken away. The people continued sacrificing and burning incense on the high places. Then Joash said to the priests, All the dedicated silver brought to the Lord's temple, census silver, silver from vows, and all silver voluntarily given for the Lord's temple, each priest is to take it from his assessor and repair whatever damage is found in the temple. But by the twenty-third year of the reign of King Joash, the priests had not repaired the damage to the temple. So King Joash called the priest Jehoiada and the other priests and asked, Why haven't you repaired the temple's damage? Since you haven't, don't take any silver from your assessors. Instead, hand it over for the repair of the temple. So the priests agreed that they would receive no silver from the people and would not be the ones to repair the temple's damage. Then the priest Jehoiada took a chest, bored a hole in its lid, and set it beside the altar on the right side as one enters the Lord's temple. The priests who guarded the threshold put into the chest all the silver that was brought to the Lord's temple. Whenever they saw there was a large amount of silver in the chest, the king's secretary and the high priest would go bag up and tally the silver found in the Lord's temple. Then they would give the weighed silver to those doing the work, those who oversaw the Lord's temple. 
They, in turn, would pay it out to those working on the Lord's temple. The carpenters, the builders, the masons, and the stonecutters and would use it to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the damage to the Lord's temple, and for all expenses for temple repairs. However, no silver bowls, wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, trumpets, or any articles of gold or silver were made for the Lord's temple from the contributions brought to the Lord's temple. Instead, it was given to those doing the work, and they repaired the Lord's temple with it. No accounting was required from the men who received the silver to pay those doing the work, since they worked with integrity. The silver from the guilt offering and the sin offering was not brought to the Lord's temple, since it belonged to the priests. At that time, King Hazael of Aram marched up and fought against Gath and captured it. Then he planned to attack Jerusalem. So King Joash of Judah took all the items consecrated by himself and by his ancestors, Judah's kings Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Ahaziah, as well as all the gold found in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and in the king's palace, and he sent them to King Hazael of Aram. Then, Hazael withdrew from Jerusalem. The rest of the events of Joash's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Joash's servants conspired against him and attacked him at Beth Milo on the road that goes down to Silla. It was his servants, Jehozabad son of Shimeath and Jehozabad son of Shomer, who attacked him. He died, and they buried him with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Amaziah became king in his place. In the twenty-third year of Judah's king Joash, son of Ahaziah, Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned seventeen years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and followed the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he handed them over to King Hazael of Aram and to his son, Ben-Hadad, during their reigns. Then Jehoahaz sought the Lord's favor, and the Lord heard him, for he saw the oppression the king of Aram inflicted on Israel. Therefore, the Lord gave Israel a deliverer, and they escaped from the power of the Arameans. Then the people of Israel returned to their former way of life, but they didn't turn away from the sins that the house of Jeroboam had caused Israel to commit.
Jehoahaz continued them, and the Asherah pole also remained standing in Samaria. Jehoahaz did not have an army left, except for fifty horsemen, ten chariots, and ten thousand foot soldiers, because the king of Aram had destroyed them, making them like dust at threshing. The rest of the events of Jehoahaz's reign, along with all his accomplishments and his might, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Jehoahaz rested with his ancestors, and he was buried in Samaria. His son Jehoash became king in his place. In the 37th year of Judah's king Joash, Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 16 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did not turn away from all the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to commit, but he continued them. The rest of the events of Jehoash's reign, along with all his accomplishments and the power he had to wage war against Judah's king Amaziah, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Jehoash rested with his ancestors, and Jeroboam sat on his throne. Jehoash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. When Elisha became sick with the illness from which he died, Jehoash of Israel went down and wept over him and said, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha responded, Get a bow and arrows. So he got a bow and arrows. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, Grasp the bow. So the king grasped it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Elisha said, Open the east window. So he opened it. Elisha said, Shoot! So he shot. Then Elisha said, The Lord's arrow of victory. Yes, the arrow of victory over Aram. You are to strike down the Arameans in Aphek until you have put an end to them. Then Elisha said, Take the arrows. So he took them. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have struck down a ram until you had put an end to them. But now you will strike down a ram only three times. Then Elisha died and was buried. Now Moabite raiders used to come into the land in the spring of the year. Once, as the Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a raiding party. So they threw the man into Elisha's tomb. When he touched Elisha's bones, the man revived and stood up. King Hazael of Aram 
oppressed Israel throughout the reign of Jehoahaz. But the Lord was gracious to them, had compassion on them, and turned toward them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was not willing to destroy them. Even now, he has not banished them from his presence. King Hazael of Aram died, and his son Ben-Hadad became king in his place. Then Jehoash, son of Jehoahaz, took back from Ben-Hadad, son of Hazael, the cities that Hazael had taken in war from Jehoash's father Jehoahaz. Jehoash defeated Ben-Hadad three times and recovered the cities of Israel. Psalm 102 Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry for help come before you. Do not hide your face from me in my day of trouble. Listen closely to me. Answer me quickly when I call. For my days vanish like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is suffering, withered like grass. I even forget to eat my food. Because of the sound of my groaning, my flesh sticks to my bones. I am like an eagle owl, like a little owl among the ruins. I stay awake. I am like a solitary bird on a roof. My enemies taunt me all day long. They ridicule and use my name as a curse. I eat ashes like bread and mingle my drinks with tears because of your indignation and wrath. For you have picked me up and thrown me aside. My days are like a lengthening shadow, and I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, are enthroned forever. Your fame endures to all generations. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For your servants take delight in its stones and favor its dust. Then the nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion. He will appear in his glory. He will pay attention to the prayer of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. This will be written for a later generation, and a people who have not yet been created will praise the Lord. He looked down from his holy heights. The Lord gazed out from heaven to earth to hear a prisoner's groaning, to set free those condemned to die so that they might declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when peoples and kingdoms are assembled to serve the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course 
He has shortened my days. I say, My God, do not take me in the middle of my life. Your years continue through all generations. Long ago, you established the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. All of them will wear out like clothing. You will change them like a garment, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years will never end. Your servants' children will dwell securely, and their offspring will be established before you. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we use the Christian Standard Bible Translation. If you know anything about languages and translating from one to the other, there's always choices that you have to make in order to make the translation make sense. The Christian Standard Bible does a great job in keeping the original meaning intact while making it understandable and readable for a modern era. To find out more about the Christian Standard Bible and their translation practices, you can go to csbible.com. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.